Welcome to the Family Worship Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy the following message from Pastor Ray Kirkland. Um, years ago, I had that Achilles tendon right there snap. And I think you've heard the story. I, I went through liver cancer, and during that time, they gave me an antibiotic that actually uh, deteriorated my, my joints and my ligaments. And, and today, it's outlawed that particular medicine. And, and so it's, it's been a real problem. And this one, I was just sitting on the couch and it snapped. And it just popped like a twenty-two, And it hurts so bad. I can, tell, can I tell you what? It hurts when your Achilles tendons go. It, it does not feel good. And so anyway, right after that, I had a cast put on that foot. And wouldn't you know it, I was scheduled to be in Europe doing supernatural healing crusades. So I rolled in with my leg up. <laughs> and I, had, I actually put Christmas lights on my wheelchair. And I rolled in, and when people were praying at the altar, I'd just roll forward and bump them with my foot on their head. Because I couldn't get up. I was, I was trapped down. It, it was really a mess what had happened at that time. So, so here we are tonight, and now i got this other foot messed up, and we're going to preach on healing tonight. I still believe God's a healer. How many of you believe that? Amen. Our God is, is awesome. He's just awesome. And so last week, Pastor Nevin did a marvelous job and helped us to understand and brought us into some great stories and great understanding of, of, of how to begin to move in healing. And tonight we're just going to do that again, some basic revelations that we need to know about healing. If we, if we want to see God begin to move in healing, we've got to create an atmosphere and we have to have an understanding. And so I want to give you just a few basic things tonight and kind of take our time and look through a few things, tell you some stories, and see if we can help you to understand. First of all, let's just go back to the very front of the thing. Exodus 15, 26 says, I am the Lord who heals you. The word Lord there is Jehovah Rapha. That's in, in the actual uh, original language, Jehovah Rapha. And that's a covenant name. In other words, God says, I'm in a covenant with you. Not a contract, a covenant. I have a love relationship with you. And I want you to know that I want to heal you and that he is one who heals our bodies. How many of you believe that? If you talk to me tonight, it'll be a lot better. So God promised that he would be our healer. Now, he, in, in the New Testament, as we come there, he promised us, back in the Old Testament, that in the New Testament, we would be able to recognize the Messiah because his anointing on his life would be there, and he would be doing healings, and there would be deliverances, and there would be supernatural things to accompany his, his, who he was, his Messiah. Let me read you that passage. It's in Luke, the seventh chapter, the 20th verse. It says, John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, Go back to John and tell him what you've seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. How many of you say that's amen? It's powerful. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Okay, that's what he said to him. So basically, what Jesus just told them is what he quoted really out of Isaiah 61.1, and he, where, where he said that, that he would come and do those things. The good news would be preached, and captives would be set free, and people would be healed. And so he's, he's basically quoting that. He's telling John's disciples, yes, 
I'm, I'm qualified. You know that I'm the real guy because I'm doing the very things that the prophets said I would do. I'm, I'm fulfilling what they told you that I would do. You know, years ago, I was in Mozambique, and this was before um, Heidi Baker and those had gone there. Was, I, was, I think I was the first white guy in there, Caucasian man, in there um, uh, after their civil war. They'd been in civil war for 80 years, and I mean, I'd never seen a nation so so stripped and nothing i mean there wasn't even a telephone wire left poles were down these people had stripped the land to stay alive and it was just a a a really rough scene and so i'm coming in there to try to teach them or tell them about jesus i want them to understand who he is and i know that the way to really get their attention is if he shows himself up as a healer a deliverer and one that touches lives and this will be the sign that I'm carrying a real message I'm not like a witch doctor or somebody else but we're carrying something real because we're not asking for an exchange we're just showing them the power of God and so I'll never forget it we was getting ready to have a a, a, cruise, a, a little revival meeting there wasn't like a crusade it was just a, a, a village maybe a, a couple of thousand people and I came in and they put me in this mud hut I, wanted, I, was, I asked them if I could take a nap and they'd, they'd made a special place. They'd put little bougainvillea plants over this thing. It was like a little, a little mud hut. It's like something you'd almost bake a, a loaf of bread in or something. And I climbed inside that little thing. My legs were still sticking out because I was too tall for the, the width of it. My legs went out the door. And as I'm laying there, I could hear these noises. And then I started feeling things all over me. And what it was was termites. Man, I'd never seen so many termites in all my life. These big old white and brown things all up in the wood and they were chewing and chewing and they were all in my skin and in my hair. I felt foul. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a bug guy. I don't like bugs. So I was shaking them off and I got in the truck and I turned on the air conditioner because it must have been 150 degrees. I'm exaggerating, but it was hot. And I got in there and I, I fell asleep. And a little while they were rocking the truck and they're saying, man, we got to go. It's time to go. I, the reason I fell asleep was jet lagging. I was so tired by the time I landed there. And so... That it was an afternoon meeting because they didn't have nights. There was no lights to have at night. So we had to do it about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, jungle hot. And we're out there, and they, they've got this other little hut that's, oh, maybe half the size of this platform. And they must have had 500 people crammed inside and 1,500 outside. It was just unbearable. And when I went in there, the power of God started ripping through that little room. A guy by the name of uh, Robert uh, was, was traveling with me, and Robert ministered. The presence of the Lord filled that room. God started moving, and people started getting slain in the Spirit. Now, I knew it was the Holy Ghost because they were laying in termites. You could look down there, and I mean, stuff was crawling and moving all on them. And I said, that's got to be God. That's got to be God. And they're laying down there, and they're just there. And there's this lady that's laying there. And I'm kidding. She must have had a goiter the size of a cantaloupe from the bottom of her ear that grew all the way down to the shoulder somewhere in there. It's just huge. And she started screaming. She started just yelling. And at first, I didn't know if she was just yelling. Like, they all, a lot of them make noises there. They scream. They have these high, shrill noises. But hers was a little different. She's screaming and yelling and hollering. And there she is. And she starts yelling in a language I didn't understand, Mozambique. And, and uh, the, the pastor starts telling me, she says it's on fire. She says she's burning, it's on fire. And so, so I said, tell her to stand up, stand up. By the time she stood up, it was gone. That whole, I mean, it was gone. You could see pink skin. This is a black woman, but her skin was pink like she had been burnt, but it was just perfect. It was completely gone. She said there was no pain. Now, as soon as that happened, 
As soon as that happened, there's a little deaf boy over here, and he starts making these noises. He just starts just jerking around and, and running and looking. And we, we, again, we didn't know what was going on. And so he, he starts screaming out. He had only been deaf in one ear. He had hearing a little bit in the other ear. But that, he said he heard wind, a lot of wind. He said like there was wind inside the place. And suddenly the wind went into his pretty good ear and came out the other ear, and he could hear out of both ears. Well, everybody in that whole community knew this. They knew that boy. They knew that goiter. And suddenly God's power started to move in that group. They started out crying. Everybody was crying. And then it turned into celebration. Next thing you know, people are celebrating and dancing and jumping. Can I tell you something? I have discovered Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He is the same. He still heals. He still shows off. I love it when God shows up and shows off. It's just awesome. And he comes in and he validates his word. There was a, another young pastor at a crusade. And he had brought his father with him to this crusade. The father had a severe, and I hope I'm getting this, the, the wording right, macular degeneration. You ever heard of that? It's something that happens in the eyes. It's like little cones in the back of your eyes. And you, you go blind from it. And so dad had macular degeneration. And before we could even preach, I mean, again, I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus does the miracle, Jesus does the miracle. It wasn't any fancy thing a preacher did. It wasn't any fancy something that we hyped up. We hadn't even got started. And dad got touched and dad got healed. The presence of the Lord touched him. He was excited. He started telling a group of pastors the service was going. He was telling people what was happening. And pretty soon that young pastor got inspired. He got inspired. His dad got healed. He was excited. And he comes running over to the guy. I was not the crusade leader. There was another man there as a crusade leader. He runs up to this crusade leader and he says, I, I, I feel like God wants me to do something. I know what God wants me to do. Can I do it? Well, the team leader looks at him. What is it that you, you want him to do? And he says, well, see that older woman over there? That older woman over there, I, I think that I'm supposed to go and spit in her eye and God's going to heal her. Now, when you're the team leader, you, that makes you think twice. You know, who is this guy? And he's, under, you know, he's underneath your authority, and you're going to tell him, yeah, just go spit on people. And so the team leader's listening to this, trying to weigh it out. And the team leader makes a good, I thought it was a great call. He says, why don't you go ask her for her permission? And if she says, yes, you can spit in her eye, then by all means, spit in her eye. <laughs> so, so he goes up to this woman. She's, she's blind in one eye. I mean, completely, it's just not even there. And, and he walks up to her and he says, I feel like the Lord told me that if we would spit and put it in your eye, that your eye would be healed. Can I spit in your eye? And this lady looked at him and says, spit. <laughs> well, I'm here to report the pastor did not hike one up. You know what I mean? He didn't do that. He simply spit in his hand. I thought that was generous of him. Spit in his hand, and he rubbed it on her eyes, and when he pulled his hand away, she could see. And, and amen, somebody. Jesus is still in the healing business today. I have watched and seen God do some a marvelous, amazing, incredible things. I'm so thankful that I've been able to experience and see it, because people will try to talk you out of a healing, but if you've experienced one, there's nothing they can say. I encourage all of you to find a way to go with us on crusades and, and, and watch and see as God heals. But I'm also encouraging it to happen right here in this congregation. Amen. One of my favorite stories 
I won't tell the whole story today, but just a part of it, was I was in Madras, India. And the auditorium was um, hot. Again, just seems like everywhere you go is hot. And there's a little fan up there turning. It doesn't even move the air. On this side is all the, the, the men. On this side is all the women. And, and that's just the, the certain parts of India still do that. They're sitting on the floor. They sit so close together that you can get a thousand people in a spot the size of the stage. It's, it's just amazing how they do it. And right up in the front on this side, they have brought in 30 children that are deaf, completely deaf. They're in a deaf school, and somebody had brought them there. They'd heard that there was a miracle healing crusade going on. Now, these kids can't hear a word that's going on. And I'll give it to their, their, their leaders, the people that was working with them. They had them very good under control. They, they weren't uh, disruptive at all. And so they were all sitting there. They're all packed together. They're right in the very front. And we started to just pray for people. I did a mass prayer. God started to heal people, started to touch people's lives. We started lining them up, giving, getting the testimonies the best we could. It was very uh, hard to do it because there was, a, 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 you know, not much room in there to move people around. And as we was praying, uh, the, the presence of God began to touch those children. Nobody prayed for them. Nobody went over and laid hands on them. Nothing like that. And I saw, I could feel God starting to move in those children. You could see it's like, it was like they were looking around. They were disturbed. Something started to disturb. I have to admit, my first thought is the devil stirring them up. I thought it was going to be problems. But the truth was, it was the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of the Lord started moving on them. And somewhere in that process, I realized this is God. So I had the entire congregation join me. And we just prayed for God to heal those children. And i got to say this word, suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, those kids started acting. Some of them started screaming. All of them started barking. You, you know, you've heard me tell us they arr, 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 like they'd never heard sound, and so they're making sounds. Some of them are fearful a little bit. You can see they were concerned. They were running for their their carekeepers, their nurses, whatever those those ladies were, and and some of them had twinkles in their eyes. They were ecstatic of what was happening. Uh, most all of them began to cry. The crowd began to be touched, and every one of those children got touched by the power of God and healed. We, took, we started testing them, and they would say Jesus. And of course, they couldn't say it perfectly. Yeah, 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 because they'd never heard it. They couldn't form their tongues. They would say, but it's amazing. When deaf people get healed, they'll say, they can say Jesus pretty good, and they can say hallelujah pretty good. It's amazing. So those are the two words I use. And I mean, we were standing them from here to the doors over there, away, and Jesus. And they could hear you. And they would respond, and the presence of God was there. And everybody left that room that day. Every one of those children was touched by the power of Christ. Somebody say amen. When that happens, how many of you know that it spreads through the whole community? Something begins to happen because now we are, we are embracing and sharing and showing that Christ is real. He's alive. It, it's more than just some preacher, but his power is present to heal. Look at your neighbor say, his power is present to heal. God has given that power to us. How many of you believe that? We should recognize that Jesus has given us this power. We're going to talk about that in a moment. We're going to look at the scriptures. But people need to see that same power working through us in Beckley. Not just in Madras, India. Not just in Africa. God needs it to happen right here. Christian, the word Christian comes from the word Christ, which means anointed. We should be anointed ones. We should have an anointing that goes out, and that evidence of that anointing is that we heal the sick, we cast out devils, and we raise the dead. 
That's what the Bible says. Say it with me. Heal the sick, cast out devils, and raise the dead. This is what the Bible says is evidence that you're a Christian. (laughs) Got quiet right there. Luke 4 says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captive, to captives uh, um, release, uh, that they'd be released, that the blind would see, the oppressed would be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor was here. See, he's, he's again referring back to Isaiah, telling him, I am the guy, and, and when that anointing comes, that's what happens. That was his mandate. And that same spirit is in us. We have been commissioned by Jesus to heal. Every one of us. Matthew 10, 7 says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. This is what the commission is for all of us. As you go, you're supposed to be healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out demons. Do you guys ever watch God TV? Heidi uh, was on there the other night. Heidi Baker, did you see that one? It was quite amazing. She was in Mozambique, and uh, a, a witch doctor came with puffer adders. They're very, very, very poisonous. And he's holding three of them. There's all the crowd. They got the cameras going. And these adders are biting him, and he's not dying. Now, he has, the village is under his spell. They're afraid of him because, from what I understand, many people, 50 to 100 people, he has killed with his adders. He kills them. And so he can command the adders and they'll go chase people out in their tents, chase them through the field and kills them. And so the people are afraid of him. He had been shot by the army with machine guns, stood there and did not die and sent the adders to kill the the officers. Okay, this was a full-on witch doctor. Well, there's little Heidi, just, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I mean, she says, says, where love is there, there is no fear. She said she had no, she was this close to those puff riders just standing right there. And she's, she's loving on this guy. And she said, you're so tired. You're so wore out. You're so weary. You should just let Jesus' love touch you. It, long story short, the man gives his heart to God. They take him right down to the river. He's got those puff riders. They dig a hole. They throw him in the hole and fire takes off. It's, it's all filmed right there. You can see it on God TV. And the, the adders just burn up. They burn up in the hole. Then the man climbs into the water with his, well, we don't know if it's his wife or not. Nobody really knows. But the woman that he was with. Now, the woman had his leprosy. Her hands are gone. I mean, there's nothing left but nubs. And the Holy Spirit says to Heidi, take your ruby ring off and put it on her finger and call her a princess. Amen. So she holds those little crippled hands and she starts kissing that woman's leopard hands and starts putting the ring onto the head. It was an amazing thing to watch as the power of witchcraft was broken off of an entire community because of the love of Christ. Amen. It was, it was beautiful to watch. They actually filmed the whole process, filmed the whole thing. It was amazing. And so there she was really healing the lepers. Matthew 28 says, go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Who is the them? Who's getting baptized? Us, all of us, right? Everybody that's a Christian gets baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, who's them, us, to observe all things. How many things? That I've commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. Now, what did he just tell us we're supposed to be doing? Healing the sick, 
Cleansing the lepers. What else? Casting out devils. What else? Raising the dead. Now that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I want you to say this with me. I want everybody to say this. We're going somewhere. I'm under a divine commission. I have orders from Jesus. I am to heal the sick. Heal the sick. I have a commission. And I must obey the commission. Now I know that we pray for the sick. And that's not evil. But he said heal the sick. He didn't say pray for them. He said heal the sick. So up to this point. How many of you believe that you are commissioned by God to heal the sick? Let me see your hands. You believe that? Okay. So if you have not been doing that. Up till this point perhaps it was an ignorance. A sin of ignorance. But now if you don't do it after tonight. It's a transgression. A transgression is when you notice know something and you don't do it. You disobey. So when you know that you're supposed to do something, you don't do it, that's, that's, that's a transgression, which is basically rebellion. And rebellion leads to what? Witchcraft. So suddenly, something starts spiritually working against you, your family. Illnesses and disease and things like that begin to happen in your family because we rebel against God's word which says go and heal the sick. And we all know that we've been commissioned to heal the sick. I'm I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to show you something. If God says do these things, how many of you believe you can do them? Right? He wouldn't ask you to do something you couldn't do. So when you willfully don't do it, then that is a rebellion. Okay, so, so I want you to see that. So after tonight, what we're going to do in this church, we're going to learn, all of us are going to learn, we're going to pray for the sick. And we're going to believe God to heal the sick. So when you walk into somebody's room and they're sick, what are we going to do? Pray to heal the sick. Okay, listen, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. That name's above every other name. You can simply say, in the name of Jesus. And it's amazing what God will do when there's sickness there. That sickness has to go. So we have to begin to get them prayed. Now, let me go backwards with you just for a moment. Because I want to walk into a few more things. Back in the 70s, way, how many of you know the 70s? Bell bottoms, platform shoes, really cool clothes, big poofy sleeves, big, big collars, super fly hats. Feathers is awesome. Anyway, back in those days, when I was a younger Christian, they, they, every church seemed to be claiming that they was the real church. And the church of Christ believed they was the real church because the church of Christ, those words are found in the Bible. And you can't find Methodist. And you can't find you can't find all those other names. You don't find uh, assembly of God. You find Church of Christ. And so their claim to fame was they were the real church because they were the Church of Christ. But the Baptists now the Baptists believe they was the real church because the Baptists believe that they could go all the way back and trace themselves through every heretical group there was all the way back to John the Baptist. So they was the real church. The Catholics believe they was the real church because they had Peter and the Pope. Pentecostals believe they was the real ones. They was the right church. Everybody claimed to be the right church. Today, we claim to be the right church when we have correct doctrine. Everybody wants to argue about the word. Now, the word says, you know, turn that show that to me in the Bible. We want to argue doctrine. 
But I want to just read something to you and show you how we do that. Because when you read the Bible, you can really tell about a person's doctrine. Okay? Acts 2.38. Peter replied, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now the Baptists read that scripture this way. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know, the Pentecostal read it a little bit different. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus only for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The assembly of gods read it totally different. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You can really tell where a person stands by the way they read a scripture. (laughs) Huh? Huh? I'm going to put up this next scripture. Put up Matthew 10. When I was younger, I used to read it like this. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Cast out demons. When I was a young guy, everything had a demon in it. (laughs) Okay. Then we began to actually see some people get healed because a lot of people, sickness is actually connected to a demon. And so now we started seeing people get healed and so it started to change. And we pray, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. (laughs) Huh? See, you could tell. Because it's funny the way we read it, even in the church of God. We'll read, oh, heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. And because we don't see the dead raised. Amen. Let me tell you something. I was talking, not talking, listening to Randy Clark the other day. They have a ministry, and this year so far in Ireland, in Ireland alone, their ministry has raised 37 people from the dead. Documented. God is still raising people from the dead. Never come share that story about David Hogan. Listen to this story. This is a great story. Remember last week I said that that was my that was my uh, focus for a while. That was my season in life, and I had surrounded myself with people that was they were focused on raising the dead. You guys remember that? Who was here last week? Okay, so. One of my ultimate heroes in faith, he's probably the coolest guy I've ever heard, and that is David Hogan. How many of you know David Hogan? A few of you. Okay. If you get a chance, watch him. He is awesome. Anyway, because of what God does through him. He's got a ministry in Mexico, and his ministry alone has seen, not himself personally, but his ministry. He has like a thousand churches in Mexico have seen over 500 people raised from the dead. And personally, he's seen 21. That's pretty substantial. How many have seen one? Oh, there we go. See, i got to talk to you after this. Okay. You're my new heroes. So, David Hogan has an awesome testimony. He was in the jungles of, of, uh, of Mexico, and there's witch doctors there as well. And two of these witch doctors, this witch doctor had two sons, and both of them had been saved under David Hogan's ministry. And so they, they 
summoned David and said, look, my father, the witch doctor, is on his deathbed. Would you please come pray for him to get healed for his healing? So David's like, sure, I'll go. So they went into this witch doctor's room, and he's laid out, laying out there on the, on the bed. And when he sees David, he's on, it's like his last breath, and he curses David. He curses his son, and he curses God and dies. So here's a man that has completely quenched the spirit, so to speak, right? He's pretty much put it out there. He's pretty much said, I don't want anything to do with you or your God. I'm going to die. He dies. Well, so the sons talk to David, and they decide, we're going to pray for his resurrection. We're going to pray that he comes back to life. So they go for hours, and they pray for hours. And one son finally is like, this is ridiculous. This isn't going to happen. I'm going home. So one son leaves, and one son stays, and him and David are praying for this witch doctor. Well, hours later... This witch doctor comes to life. He wakes up. But the most extraordinary part of this whole, that's extraordinary. But even more extraordinary than that, even more miraculous, this witch doctor wakes up, sits up, and he doesn't ask David, how can I be saved? No, he talks about his salvation. He met Jesus on the other side. And Jesus led him to Christ, to himself. And he woke up a Christian. Now that might mess with your theology a little bit. Okay? But how many know that your God is way bigger than your little theology? Or what you thought was going to happen. What you thought could happen. Right? So there's no reason to think that anything is beyond. Or anyone is beyond the reach of Jesus. Amen? So when I read the scripture, it's heal the sick, raise the dead, because I have this in, intrinsic faith in me that one day I will see it. I promise you I will see it. The dead will raise in, in front of me. Because like I said last week, if you don't, if you don't pray for the dead to be raised, you're going to have a 100% success rate in seeing the dead not being raised. Amen? Amen? Were you guys here last week to see the footage of doctor, the doctor that raised people from the dead? I mean, it's amazing. God is really... That guy had been dead 40 minutes or something. Crazy. And so, so God is still doing that. How many of you know it's fun to be in a church when Jesus shows up? Amen. It's just fun to see God start to touch people. And I love it when he illustrates his own sermons. It's, it's awesome when he does that. Here's what I want to do. I want to start something kind of new, and it can, it can happen tonight because I believe God wants to do it tonight. And it can happen Sunday. Okay? It's, now, you've got to understand, if you're sitting way in the back, I cannot see you. The, if you don't understand that, come stand up here and look that way, and you'll see what I'm talking about. You get to see about to the sound booth, and that's about pretty much it. But here's what I'd like to do. I believe that God's going to start healing in this congregation. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do that. It's commissioned of us. It's, it's commanded of us. The Holy Spirit is re ready to do it. He's doing it all over the world. Why not here? Why not here? So here's what I'm asking the Lord to do, and I believe he's going to do this. 
I don't want us to wait on him to move anymore. I want you to start to allow God to have his way in every service and just go for God unless he tells you not to. Don't wait for him to tell you to do it. Wait for him to tell you not to do it. There's a difference, okay? So here's what I mean by that. If you're sitting in the chair and you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you feel an anointing come upon you. You don't have to have Pastor Ray pray for you. You don't have to have somebody come and anoint you with oil. You feel the presence of God come on you at any time during the message, during the teaching. Maybe it feels heat. Maybe you feel tingling. Maybe you feel an energy of some kind. Maybe you feel a pain inside of you changing. Maybe you feel a pain. Sometimes pain will go from one place and just start moving through a body. That's spiritual, and and I'll explain that later. But if you feel something moving around in you, if you start to get hot, if you feel a wind blowing, if you feel something touching you, you feel like there's a pressure on your shoulders pushing you down, I want you just to stand up to your feet. Just bounce out of your chair and stand there. And don't sit down until I say, I bless you. Just stand there till you hear that. At the conclusion of that service, we'll find out what God's done. So you just stand there until we say, I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. Okay? Once you've heard that, then you can sit back down. Is that all right? Listen, I'm telling you, if we'll start, and if you're sitting there wondering, well, I don't know if it's me. You're, don't, don't wait for permission. Just do it. Amen. I bless you in Jesus' name. There's the first one. Amen. God is going to start moving in the crowd. You're going to start to feel his presence while we're ministering. You're going to start to feel his anointing while we've ministered. Because we've been, amen, I bless you in Jesus' name. God's going to start to touch people. And so tonight when we get all done, we'll pray for those and we'll believe God to to manifest those miracles. Can somebody say amen? Amen. We have to allow an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move. We've been doing this for years, and if they just jump up, pretty soon it can get so radical, you got five and six jumping up. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. And that's okay. It's not disruptive. It's the Holy Spirit. So, So if that starts to happen in your life, you start to feel that, I want you just to respond to that. I want you to let God touch you. And we, whoever's preaching, if it's, if it's somebody from out of town, we'll have to teach them what you're doing. But if it's us, we just when you jump up, we're just going to say, I bless you in Jesus' name. Just stand there till we see you. Now, if you're in the back, you might be standing a while because they can't see you. Okay? You'll have to get a big sign. I'm standing. Something. I bless you in Jesus' name. So, so now listen to what I'm going to say here. I want us to become so adept to praying for people and even people that, that, have, that have passed away. Okay? If you're in the room and they pass away... Our first thought is call 911 or call somebody. I want your first thought to be pray and raise the dead. Somebody should call 911, yes. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we're being ignorant. But I'm saying I want us to develop ourselves to when something goes on, our first reaction is prayer. I want you to teach your children the first reaction is prayer. What we do is a kid gets sick and the first thing they hear mom and dad talking about going to the doctor's. Let's let them hear about us saying, let's pray for them. Let's let that first reaction be supernatural. Allow God that platform to to, to move. And and so if there's an accident, you come up on it, and and there's something happening. Uh, When you get there, just speak to it. In the name of Jesus, I speak life, and I release death. You have no hold. I command you, come back to life. If you know their name, speak their name. Come back to life. 
I want you, amen. If you don't do it, it's like Pastor Nevin said, you're guaranteed it won't work. But the first time somebody comes back and tells you about it, you're going to be, you'll be talking about that for a while. Are you guys okay? God is still in the business of doing this. You got something you want to say? Come here. Come say, I bless you in Jesus' name. So um, we've talked a lot in our church about making a difference in this community and making a difference in our state and being, being the change that causes. One thing that just came to me is um, one, of the, the, one of the people that were involved in that video that I showed last week, his name was Jesse Berkey. I'm sorry, not Jesse Berkey. Um, Johnson. Tyler Johnson. He is part of the dead raising team. But the reason I'm bringing this up is to make a change in your community. He lives in Washington. He, he's actually in Washington State. I think it's Seattle. And he is the first person in the United States to receive an identification card by the state that allows him onto accident scenes to pray for the dead and the, and the injured without a chaplain's license. He literally has a ID card that denotes that. So he can, you and I can't do that. We can stop in an accident, but if there's a police officer there, you will not have access to that accident scene. But he can walk right up there because he has an identification to do the praying for the dead or the whatever. So, and he's the only one. So we can, no matter how insignificant we feel, we can make a difference in the region and, and actually go out beyond the laws of the land, so to speak, and speak for and pray for therefore you will see i guarantee you that's why he sees things come to pass amen amen listen folks you've, you've got to somewhere begin to believe and act on what the word of god says not just hear words you've got to act on it i, I made I, another story just popped in my head there's a man in heron illinois this guy was in bib overalls I mean, he, he was something else. He's just a little old country bumpkin guy. And, and um, they, they gave him a pager. Remember the day of the pagers? He, he had a pager from Barnes Hospital in downtown St. Louis, which is a great big medical institution. And he was known by all the physicians and the surgeons there. And when people were about to die, they would page him. That was about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. About 50% of the time, by the time he got there, they were dead. And I... When I was there, I was in St. Louis for nine months. I, I met that guy. During that nine months, 32 people had been raised from the dead. Barnes Hospital, noted by the doctors. Okay, this guy, now I heard some pretty wild stories, and I, don't, I wasn't there. I don't know it to be true, but, but a, a friend of mine, uh, Brother Thompson, was there, and he said it's true. This guy would come in, and I mean, he just did not take no for an answer. I'm not suggesting you do this. It, you have to be under the anointing. But he'd pull people clean off their beds. They're laying there in their body bag. He just pull the body bag off and drop them on the floor and tell them, get up in Jesus' name. And people would get healed. Now, if that, they don't get healed, you're going to feel a little strange. So be sure the Holy Spirit is directing you in those type of activities. But you still have the right to speak to it. Somebody say amen. There was another fellow talking about raising the dead. And the reason I'm pushing that, because nobody ever talks about it. And, and we're, we don't train this in our churches. We just kind of shuffle it under the rug because we've never seen it. It's weird and we don't know what want anybody to think crazy of us well, let me tell you what if your loved ones dies and we raise them from the dead you won't think crazy no more you'll be all right with it there was a guy that was trained an emt uh, emergency medical technician was trained to recognize death and so he, that's what he did for his lot his life he was an emt and and he had come home and he glanced out the front picture window of his house 
uh, Nevin knows the story as well. And as he glanced out the front window, there's this crowd of people gathering in his yard. So he went outside, and as he's going out the door, he noticed his three-year-old son's tricycle mangled up over against the tree. And his heart began to race. His son had been hit by a car. He knew it before he even saw his son. And so he was trained. He ran out there, and he recognized death. Every sign of death was there. The boy's eyes were rolled back, glazed over, no breath, no pulse, the whole thing. His wife saw it. His wife lost it. She's screaming and hollering. That boy was dead. The wife was hysterical. Then he remembered to call on his spirit by name. Call, everybody say that with me. Call on his spirit by name. So if you know the person, call on the spirit by name. Call him by name. Somehow it goes through the veils of heaven and, and they hear it. So someone in the meantime had called 911 and it was several minutes, like 12 minutes before the ambulance arrived. And 12 minutes later, the boy's there, he's purple black already i mean it's bad and and all of a sudden that boy just had a great big gasp just wah, gasp and set up and started crying and everybody said it was the most beautiful cry they ever heard because suddenly he was taken and and healed by god's presence now he was still messed up so they put him in a helicopter and they flew him to the hospital because he had broken bones he had shattered ribs he was a, he was really messed they had to put him in a complete body cast he'd been hit by a car He's alive, but he'd been hit by a car. And so, so they, 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 when they put him in the body cast, they had to separate his legs. They had a bar between there and, and the whole thing. And, and so, so it, it was horrible because it was all the way up. And it was bothering him. So, so a day or so later, they're talking to the doctors. And the mother says, can we just please cut a little bit off the top? Uh, he's so uncomfortable. It's so up high. This is just horrible. And the doctor says, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that he's uncomfortable, but he has to stay this way. He has crushed bones throughout his body, and if anything moves, it could hit vital or it, we, He's just got to stay this way. And mom just had a fit. She says, no, I believe that God will touch him. I believe he'll be okay. Take some of that off. The doctor, trying to appease mom, takes him in to take an x-ray to prove to mom that his shoulder blades are all broken. You know the story. By the time they came out, there wasn't a broken bone in that boy's body. Now that healing, I bless you in Jesus' name, that healing did not just happen immediately. The, the life came back, but it was about three or four days later before he is, he, he, the resurrection power of God had healed every bone. Can somebody say amen? amen. So, so God would say to us, I don't need you to have the experience. You don't need to be an experienced preacher. You don't need to be like Ray Kirkland who's seen miracles and all this stuff. You don't need that. You, 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 when you think that you have to have an experience before you can do it, then you've brought God down to your experience level. You can't bring God down to your experience level. Amen. Because that creates a false reality. Right? You'll make excuses for yourself based on your experiences. That it's not your experience that heals them. Amen. It's God's word. So you don't base your experience on something that, that, that's, that, that you've never done. You don't base it on this. You don't go on experience. You let your experience rise to the level of God. Maybe you've never experienced a dead person being raised. You don't base it on that. Pray anyway, and when, you, when they get raised, your experience level will rise. Right? The first time I saw when there was no eyeball in this guy's, I mean, it was just a hole with goo in there, and the next thing it was a perfect brown eye. Can I tell you about something? Take this off the film. I about peed my pants. 
I'll tell you, I about lost it, man. I flipped a bicky right there. I don't know what you want to call it, but I was undone. Brother Ray was undone. And it, because it, w- it went beyond my, I couldn't, you can't even put it in words. There's no experience to, 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 to qualify that. And so, so I want to say there's power, power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the blood of the Lamb. It can happen. It doesn't have to happen your way. Let it happen God's way. It can happen. God can move. So, so one of the first things we have to understand is His name is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord that heals us. Second, we've been commissioned and anointed to do the same thing. And when we do that, it, 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 it points the glory back to Him that He is the Christ, He is the healer, and lives are touched. It's the way that they, we preach the gospel all over the world Except in Beckley. No, no, no more of that. We're going to preach the gospel that way here too. We're going to watch people. Have you seen how many people have jumped up already tonight? You watch what God wants us to do. God's going to start healing people. God's going to start touching people. And we're going to let the scope of his healing power have reign in the house. Amen. Amen. I've never been to a city in all my life that I've been so noticed it. I don't, I don't know if it's been there or not. But when I got to, to Beckley, I can't believe how many families have had loss and suffer from cancer. It's a horrible thing. I don't know if it comes from the mines or the water or the air or the rodents. Could be them chipmunks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's time for the name of Jesus to rise above that name. It's time for God to touch people's lives. What we should do is expect God to heal every service. Not be surprised when he does. Everything. The Bible says all diseases. How many things? All things. All things are possible. Everything should be healed. Nothing is harder for God than something else. If God can heal you of a, of a cold, he can heal you of a cancer. It's not like he's going to lose some power when it happens. Psalm says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. All of them. Everybody say all of them. That means if you've been in an accident, he heals it. It means if the doctor screwed you up, he heals it. Amen. It means if it's a generational curse, he heals it. It means if you're a psychopath, he heals you. All of them. All of them. Birth defects, all of them. One of the things I've been asking, I've never got to see it yet, but I'm believing God for Downs Syndrome children to be healed. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, somebody. And first time we see that, you watch what happens in the community. God is going to heal all of them. Everybody say all of them. There's nothing outside God's scope. There's nothing outside of his scope. So don't, don't put God in your box or in your experience level or what you've seen or what you understand or in your doctrine. I've had doctrines that I got up and preached with all my heart and all my mind. And today I think, what was I talking about? You grow up, you develop, and you realize God's not going to get in your box. He is the Word. You're just trying to figure it out. Amen. So, so you have to understand. Now let me show you one more. And I, I know we got a lot of stories, but I... I believe stories help build our faith. I had a guy by the name of Steve. I'm not going to say the last name because people all around the world listen to this stuff. Steve was an evangelist. This guy was psycho. He needed a deliverance of himself, I think. 
But no, he was just wild. He believed for everything. Well, in the church was a guy named Rocky. Rocky had been in a car accident, hit the guardrail, and cut his leg off right at the knee. So he has no leg below his knees. So Steve spots him out there in the crowd. Hey, you ain't got a leg. Come up here. God's going to grow a leg out. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a brand new church. I'm thinking, oh, no, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Oh, my gosh. I was, I was so upset. And the whole, I mean, the whole room, the atmosphere changed. Everybody got nervous. Oh, my God. It's just, it's just, oh, my God, you know. And old Rocky, old Rocky, man, he just comes up there. I mean, he just comes. And he stand up there, and, 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 and then Steve, take that thing off. He pulls his prosthetic off. Steve's holding it in the air. And I said, oh, my God. And, you know, I'm rebelling now. I'm in rebellion now. I'm in full-on rebellion. I'm wanting to take the leg and hit Steve in the head with it. I mean, I'm serious. It was just one of those moments. There's only about 90 people in the room, but I was just losing it. And so, so after the service, I, I, told, I told a guy that was there working with me, as my cousin, I said, you take him back to the room. If I do, I'm going to hit him. I'll tell, tell him I'll come get him for breakfast. And I had one more night to go, but he was going to get a lecture before the next night. I went home that night. I was frustrated. I couldn't even sleep. Turned on the TV, and I was watching some program. I don't know what program it was, but it was dealing with soldiers. And these soldiers had these phantom pains. Phantom pains like they'd lost an arm, but they could feel the arm. They'd lost a leg, but they could feel the leg. So this whole program was on people that had lost limbs and could, and could feel them. And so then they did this really crazy thing. They take this camera, like an aura camera, that you could, you could see people's auras or outlines, you know, red, green, yellow, tell you all about yourself or whatever. They take one of these cameras, and they're pointing at these people with no legs, no arms. And man, you could see the outline of the arm where there wasn't one. And they were showing these people have a phantom pain. But you could see the armor. You could see the leg where there was no leg. You could see it. And so they tell them, move the right arm. They ain't got a right arm. But you see that aura go. It was so trippy. And all of a sudden, God said to me, do you believe I can replace that leg? Brother Ray was rebuked. <laughs> Brother Ray, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir, I believe you can. <laughs> All of a sudden, my belief system was challenged. All things are possible. All things are possible. Smith Wigglesworth, it's a true story, and this guy, Smith Wigglesworth prayed for a guy who had no legs, and so he asked the guy in a shoe store. He, brought, he took the guy, he was outside of a shoe store, said, let's go in here, rolled the guy in in a, a wheelchair, and he said in there, he says, what size shoes would you like to wear? The guy goes, sir, I have no legs. He says, what size shoe would you like to wear? man says, well, I'd like a black loafer about a size nine and a half. He said, get him a black loafer, put a size nine and a half down there. And that man's legs grew out and went into those shoes. That's documented. That's documented. That happened. Now, listen, that man led the shoe salesman to Christ who led Billy Sunday to Christ who led Billy Graham to Christ. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? It, it's, it's God's way of saying, I'm still alive, I'm still real, and I can still do this. Somebody say amen. There was another story of a one-armed fisherman. He had been out in this village, and, and he had got converted from Christianity, into, in, from witchcraft into Christianity. 
In fact, the whole village was being converted. The power of God was moving. People were being healed. People were being touched. But he had lost his arm. Somehow, in a fishing accident, his arm had got stuck in the, in the anchor, and it had just ripped it off his arm, just ripped it off his body. And he would lost his arm, and, it, and there's there. So he's out in the water. He's been watching all these mighty miracles all the nights and all the days. And, and he's there, and he just starts worshiping God. And, and again, can feel his arm. And he's lifted his arm and he's worshiping God. And everybody in the whole village knew he was a one-armed fisherman. And suddenly, he felt his shoulder just getting hot as fire. It just started to, to get really hot. It started to bubble on the end. I'll tell you a story in a little while about another bubbling thing. But it, it started to bubble on the end. And all of a sudden, his arm started just growing out of him. Started growing out of him. And, and when he got back to town, he had an arm that was pink and like, like a, maybe a 25-year-old man's arm. And he, had a, he was like a 50-year-old man. He had a 50-year-old arm on that side. Amen. Now, I've got some 60-year-old arms I'm asking God to turn into 25-year-olders. <laughs> With a little bit of bicep and a little bit of muscle on the <laughs> Amen. That younger arm, the younger arm grew out. Can I say this again? All things are possible. All things are possible. We was in Haiti, and we th- it was bad, and I, I got convicted for it, but we would throw a quarter in the water, and these kids would just let it go. And then they would dive down and get it. So finally I asked somebody, how deep are they going? He said, they're going about 50 foot. I said, how do they not get the bins? He said, they get the bins all the time. He said, these kids can go that deep in the water trying to get these quarters to show off to get us to throw more money. Well, then all of a sudden it dawned on me as I'm watching these kids, they don't hear a word we're saying. Come to find out they've been so deep they'd all lost their hearing. They were just trying to get those quarters. because that's all. So we started praying for those kids, and God started healing those kids. It was in Laogon, Haiti, as God began to touch those children. And I quit throwing quarters. I just started giving them quarters. Amen. Can somebody say amen? All things are possible. But if you don't pray, if you don't believe God, if you don't step out, if you don't call the Spirit by name, nothing's going to happen. 100% guarantee. But if you'll step in and believe God, I'm telling you, you can raise the dead. You can see the sick healed. Limbs will grow out. Eyes will come back. Ears will hear. The, I'm waiting. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm believing God for the pulse. I've seen it on, I've seen it on film. I can show you a film of a guy. There's a lady that, that, that I could, maybe I'll do that next week. This little girl was, I mean, scrunched up, bent over backward, palsied from birth, and God touched her, and she came out of the wheelchair and walked like a normal person. Remember that? Yeah, it's shocking. Her body was all skinny, palsy, all bent. You know how palsy people are. She could understand. Her mind was clear, but her body was messy. And God touched her, and she walked out of that wheelchair hole right on the camera. I'll show you that next week. I'll find that show you that. I'm telling you, God's going to heal the palsy. He's going to heal the, 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 those that, are, that have problems like uh, syndromes and different things like that. All things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. The Holy Ghost doesn't know distance. You can stand proxy for somebody and God can heal them on the other side of the world. All things are possible. The Spirit doesn't do like that. The Spirit can move anywhere at any time, at all times. He can heal 50 people or one person. It's not like he loses power. Amen. When we go to Africa, we're going to watch and see people healed. We're going to see the power of God touch lives. And I'm, 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 on, but I, I'm, I'm excited about that, but I'm wanting to see God touch lives here. We've had a bunch of people jump up tonight. 
We're going to get more and more of that. We're going to start to see more and more dynamic miracles of what God's doing. We're going to see skin diseases healed. Eczema is going to go away. Just go away. People that have had high blood pressure are not going to need it no more. You're going to take those little pills and you start feeling weird. Go to your doctor and find out you don't need them. God's going to start healing people of all kinds of strange things. Amen. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God's going to start doing some marvelous works. How many of you believe that tonight? Now we've had, I don't know how many people jump up tonight because they felt something touch them while we're ministering. The Holy Spirit is moving. He doesn't need me to do it. That's why it's called a wonder. It'll make you wonder. Hmm. Some things just make you go, hmm. (laughs) Healings and wonders and signs and miracles. This is what causes people to know that the anointing is present and the word being spoke is from heaven. Other than that, we don't know which doctrine is right. The one that says, raise the dead, or the one that says, in Jesus' name. We don't know which one's right. But when the miracles start to happen, something shifts. Is that right? It doesn't matter if you're Methodist, Catholic, it don't matter. God starts touching. God starts I want you to bow your heads. I feel the presence of the Lord shifting. We just want to wait on God. We've got so much to say here. We want to get there. I want you to right now, while your heads are bowed, agree with me for his miracle presence to start to move in this congregation. Sunday, if we have enough time, I'm going to tell the people to stand and jump up and just wait till we say, I bless you in Jesus' name. We're going to start to hear marvelous testimonies of what God is doing and how he's touching lives. People that are going to need hip replacements are going to be healed. Knee replacements are going to be healed. God's going to touch us. Amen. I'm believing for God to touch my leg. Amen. I mean, if he can heal you, he can heal me. This thing works for everybody, not just for you. It works for me. It works for all people. But we have to stand there. Healing is in the atonement. It's in his blood. It's by his stripes. Amen. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about the stripes. And I'll explain to you. It wasn't stripes, plural. It was one. His body was the wound. You'll understand some beautiful, beautiful things that help you to have faith when you walk into a room. Amen. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Let's stand all over this room, just where we're at for a moment. Just, just worship Him. Let's just, can we sing that song, Holy Spirit, come? Just, let's just sing that song quietly as He, as he plays quietly. I want you to sing it out. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, come. Come to our assembly. Come to this house. Come to our lives. Come to our families. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come on. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome. Your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be by your presence, Lord. Lord.
out with us. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Now I just want to hear the congregation sing it. We'll have the music. Let's sing it together. Holy Welcome here. Atmosphere. Hearts long for. By your presence, Lord. Feel that? Let's sing it again. Holy Spirit, you are well. Welcome Him. The atmosphere, your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome. By your presence, Lord. Amen. If you raised your hands earlier, you st- I mean, I'm sorry. If you stood to your feet, I want you to come stand across the front right now quickly. Just come stand here. Come stand here. If you, raised your- if you stood up earlier and you just said, I felt something touch me. I felt the wind. I felt a heat. I felt an excitement in my spirit. I want you just to come stand here right now. Come stand here right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I need some prayer warriors just to come behind them. Not touching them. Don't touch them. Just come stand behind them. Just come stand behind them all the way across. Don't touch them. This is between there and God. The Holy Spirit's going to do this work. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, all of you in the front, I just want you to receive whatever God was doing. Let him re- let, let's, let's, fi- let's finish this thing now. Let's, let's let it enter us and finish the work. He's going to touch your heart. He's going to touch your heart. Your organs. Your knees. There are people here that you're struggling with diseases that nobody else in this room even understands. Electrical impulses that aren't quite right in your body. Something that's off because of electrical impulses. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's something coming neurologically, but there's, there's something happening with electrical impulses in your spirit. Your heart, I mean, your heart, your life. And God wants to heal that. He wants to correct that palpitation. Hallelujah. Lumps are going to start to go away. If you've got a lump somewhere, I just want you to place your hand there. Let God touch it. To your stomach or your breast or your neck or your head, wherever it might be, God's going to touch. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, reach your hands out for just a moment while God finishes this work.
Come on, begin to pray with me now. Come on, guys. In Jesus' name. In the name that's above every name. I command the name of Jesus to take precedence in this body and this life. your presence move from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Let your glory flood into this body right now. Your spirit's becoming excited. <laughs> Woo! Jesus! Excite our spirit, Lord. Excite our hearts. Excite her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Touch her. dissolve it in the name of Jesus. I dissolve it. It'll pass. Let it go, Lord. Hmm. Huh. I feel it all in your body. Let the Lord's hands reach inside as a great surgeon and take that out. Put it all together just right. Rearrange it. In Jesus' name, the work's going to be complete. Hallelujah. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Touch his heart, his knees. Touch him, Lord. I break off oppression. I release the presence of God in Jesus' name. You're accepted just like you are. Don't have to perform. Your hungers will change. Your thirst will change. In the name of Jesus. Correct and heal. In Jesus' name, physical strength will return. Strength into his muscles. Strength into his bones. Strength in his legs. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. Pastor Nevin, come right around the front side. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, just bear with us for a moment. Exercise your faith. Exercise your spirit. So you learn how to press in. Learn how to press in. Learn how to press in. One of these days, you're going to need us to press in with you. So press in with somebody else today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You know, I have a pastor friend of mine that we, he's kind of like that guy on Charlie Brown. Everywhere he goes is just like a little cloud of blue funk behind him. He's always just a mean causer, just mean and dirty and nasty kind of guy. Harsh to get along with, talk to him, he's just hateful all the time. Seems like it. Truthfully, on the inside, he's a puppy dog. He's just a, he's a lover. I, I've learned something about that personality. When you get in trouble and you're fighting devils, that's the guy you want around. He just don't give up. He's got a tenacity. He's, got, he's not moved by stuff. He stands and fights. And so God's going to start to raise up people in here that you have a tenacity in your spirit to stand. And, and when everybody else is ready to go, you're still fighting. You don't, you don't quit easy. Thomas, I'm going to tell you something. Your best days are yet ahead. Your, your best days are yet ahead. I, I know you've had a lot of great things happen, but God's going to accelerate and move you into the supernatural. And God's going to help you. And you're going to actually pray with people. And I believe you're going to see the dead raised to life. I believe as you minister, you're going to start to see that, that manifestation. God's going to use you in that arena. I don't know exactly how it's going to be, Thomas, but I can just tell you there's an oppression that's going to come off of you. A joy that's going to fill your soul, an energy that's going to quicken you, and you're going to somehow communicate that to people when you pray. There's going to be a healing anointing rest on you. Dave, would you put your hand right on this guy? His name is Thomas. Just pray with him right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, Mark. Why don't you pray with him? Pray with Thomas. There's going to be an impartation of healing on his body. Hallelujah. Perfect. Come on, lift your hands right now all over the room just for a moment. Lord, we ask for an impartation of healing power to rest upon our lives that we can go forth in the name of Jesus heal the sick cast out devils raise the dead to life again see the lepers cleansed all forms of sin and iniquity and transgression broken by the name and the power of Jesus Christ Anoint everyone with their hands up right now. Anoint them, Lord. I pray that when we go from this place, we are vessels and instruments of your presence and of your power. Come on, let's give the Lord a big worship together. Come on, give him a big praise. Come on, give him a big praise with me. So, so really quick. So this evening we've been talking a lot about the really extraordinary, right? About dead rays and healing of the sick but out there in the streets of Beckley are people that are very distraught people that are demonized and they don't even know they're demonized they're, there's even Christians that I don't know where your theology stands but there's Christians that have I call them hitchhikers things that ride along with them that torment them I was very new in my spiritual journey and I had just come from a conference where I, I, I saw people talk with lots of authority about what taking authority over the enemy and I was speaking with my pastor for late at night at, at McDonald's you know that sanctified place and we were leaving and we were at my car and we were talking and this and this homeless man that was drunk he was completely drunk walks up to me and he says sir do you have any money I said I don't have any money I used the words that Peter had I said I have no money but I what I do have I can offer you 
And he's, I said, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? And of course he said, yes, absolutely. So we stood there, and he was between us, and I said, and believe me, I was just coming out of a very legalistic form of religion. I didn't believe in my mind yet. My heart was there, but my mind wasn't quite wrapped around. And I, I literally put my hand on him. This isn't America. This isn't the United States. This is not in some foreign country. This is right here. I put my hands on him, and I only said, uttered the word Father. I only said Father, and bam, he fell backwards. He fell so hard that I felt like he probably hit his head. I felt bad, like, and so, but going back to what I had just experienced of, of a, working in an authority, I decided, no, I'm not letting this go. So I went... knelt down by his by his his head and I went to pray for him he comes bolting right up upright at me with the most vile hissing and screaming at the top of his lungs like this far from my face now that'll make you cower but again I leaned on what I had just heard and I said out in the name of Jesus and when I did that bam he hit the ground again and again he hit his head and again, I felt bad. So I thought, well, it's over. And I went, Father, I thank you. And bam, he comes back at me again. And he's screaming in this vile. This happened three times. And three times, I said, out in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And that's the third time he hit his head. His face completely went clear. His eyes cleared up. He was sober. He was drunk. But now he's sober. And his eyes welled up with tears, and he got up, and he began to weep, and he was completely free of whatever was demonizing him at that moment. We don't need to travel the ends of the world. It's like I said last Wednesday night. I want people to travel nine hours to come to Beckley, West Virginia, to experience the power of God. I want people to get on planes and come here because God is right here in Beckley. Beckley becomes the healthiest place in the United States where poverty is stricken oppression is stricken amen and FWC can be that catalyst amen and it doesn't take and, and, and believe me that's extravagant when you're in that moment I mean I feel honestly today God told me there was three demons that infested this man had I quit at one he'd still have two but you go after it and speak with authority. You have been given authority by the cross and the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, along with all the drugs that are in this place, the, the, the word for sorcery in the Bible is pharmakai. And there's a sorcery, there's a witchcraft. And so we are going to see demon manifestations as people get set free. But when they get set free, it's going to heal them. They're going to get healed too at the same time. And so I'm not afraid of that. I'm not even worried about it. I just want to see them free. God wants them free. Amen. Now, sometime soon, not this week, but sometime soon, I'm going to preach to you about managing your freedom and how to manage freedom because we, we, we really don't understand that just yet. We think we can just do whatever and God's, no, we have to manage freedom. Okay. So Father, I ask you right now just to anoint and bless everyone in this room. Thank you, Lord, for their hearts to come out on a Wednesday night in the rain. 
And I pray that every one of these that got a touch from heaven, their, that manifestation of healing or whatever it was in their body, will manifest and become full and finished in Jesus' name. That we will hear testimonies of your great and great power and healing power in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for touching them, their families, their lives. Thank you, Lord, for anointing us for healing, casting out devils and raising the dead. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Family Worship Center and every life in here. And everybody said, amen. Love on four or five people. You're dismissed in the love of the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Family Worship Center. If our weekly sermons minister to you, consider partnering with us or giving a one-time donation. To give, visit cogfwc.org slash giving. Connect with us for all the latest news on services, events, and more by following us on Twitter and Facebook.